Hey everyone, this is Eliza D, and welcome back for another episode of How to Save the Planet, a show where we interview people who have jobs in climate change or environment. Now, let's get started. With us today, we have Ed Carley. Ed is dedicated to, to de- developing the clean energy solutions of the future. He has a master's of sustainability management with a focus on energy efficiency, renewable energy, and energy policy. Ed has a wide ranging knowledge of clean energy and energy efficient topics developed through experience at a Washington, D.C. think tank, a, mun- a municipal electric u- utility, and as a program manager working with state o- energy offices across the country. In his current role, Ed works with states on building energy codes, home energy labeling, energy service performance contracting, and energy star for buildings. In, an, in addition, Ed operates Ed's Clean Energy and Sustainability Job List, a weekly email newsletter for jobs of all professionals of all experience levels. Ed launched the Bolt in, 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 the, in 2017 for seven friends and has now seen it grow to more than 6,000 subscribers. Ed often speaks with students and recent graduates to share his experience in building a sustainability career. To sign up for the list, visit edsjoblist.com, which will also be available in the episode description. Ed has served as a leader in such diverse organizations as a 2018 Obama presidential campaign a wilderness travel camp for teens, graduate student government at American University, and American University's Net Impact Chapter. Hello and welcome, Ed, to How to Save the Planet. Hey, thanks. Glad, glad I could join you. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, thank you for coming. So what do you do and where do you work? So uh, my name's Ed Carley. I um, I think you asked me on here because of the uh, jobs list that I do, but I also work in um, state level energy efficiency policy for buildings. So that's my day job. And then um, in my spare time on Sundays, I send out a email list to about 6,000 people with internships through um, very experienced jobs in clean energy and sustainability, which I defined pretty broadly to include everything from energy efficiency to solar to wind to um, to energy, clean energy policy across the United States mostly, but occasionally there's a job in Europe or Asia. Cool. What got you interested in, in this work that you do? Sure. So um, <laughs> I got into well, I was interested in sustainability when I was an undergraduate in college, um, but at the time, and that was um, a while ago, that was from like 2002 to 2006, I remember having friends who were taking a sustainability program. It's was like, oh, well, that's cool, but like, how are you ever going to make a living in that? Um, which is, you know, ironic now, but um, so anyway, I, I ended up studying political science and then I moved to Colorado after um, undergraduate because I was interested in doing a lot of snowboarding. And 
Um, so that's what I did. And then I did that for about six years. And in that time, I, um, I, I really started to see how climate change was impacting a state that I really loved and a sport that I really enjoyed, making it a shorter ski season, um, less water and less, well, less snow means less water in the mountains. And feeling the impacts from the drought um, on the ski town economy, and then seeing how that impacted communities downstream from us, you know, the agricultural communities, seeing um, and smelling wildfires for an, a large part of the summer. And you live out west too, so you've probably experienced yeah. this recently. Yeah. Um, having your whole valley smell like wildfire for basically a summer is makes things real. And, you know, I was also at that point, I was starting to get a little older and a little tired of being cold all the time. So <laughs> I decided to, um, to go to grad school and I moved to Washington, DC. And, um, you know, initially expected to go back and become a sustainability manager for a ski mountain. And then um, coming here, my ambition sort of started to increase and I got involved um, in part through luck in some sustainability um, issues that introduced me to the energy efficiency world. And then I got a fellowship um, with the Environmental Defense Fund Climate Corps program. And, um, and kind of the rest is history. So that's that's the long story version of that. <laughs> but really, it came down to seeing climate change and its impact on my community and the economy and the people. You know, if you move to a ski town and you have a winter where it doesn't really snow much, mm. not only is that hard on the local economy, but it's really hard on the local people because it's like this thing that I moved here to do that I love is yeah. just you know really hard and you see your friends move away because they can't make it work um so i wanted to do something about that and in, in the rockies there's the pine beetle that has killed a lot of the trees that's contributing to wildfires and um, it's just really visible there yeah it's it's so real mm-hmm why do you do this like environment and sustainability work? Like what, what keeps you going? Um, I, I mean, largely because I want to, I, at this point I don't have kids, but I'd, I'd kind of like to have kids and I'd like to be able to take them skiing someday. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's just, it is, it's one of the most important issues of, um, of our time. And, you know, it's, really about the continued um, existence and ability of people to live comfortably mm -hmm. on the planet. So it, it's just, I can't think of anything that would be more important to do. Yeah. You mentioned that you went to grad school. What degrees did you get um, in undergrad and grad school and where did you go to school? So I went to, um, to Appalachian State for undergraduate, which is in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, there's sort of a theme there until more recently. Uh, and I studied political science there. Um, I also, while I was at App, um, attended the National Outdoor Leadership School, 
which is um, an outdoor educational or experiential education program. And um, that was something where I spent an, uh, a semester traveling outside. Um, I, I spent some time in Wyoming, spent some time in Utah, some time in Colorado, and a little bit of time in Nevada, um, you know, doing outdoor uh, activities and learning leadership skills. It was, it was a really cool experience. Um, and then after my ski bum years, I moved to Washington, D.C. and attended American University, the Kogod School of Business, and got a Master's of Sustainability Management. Cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How did you get the position that you're in now, like, career-wise? So, um, so some of it was, um, was luck and... Um, <laughs> but so I, like I said, I moved to DC to kind of reboot a career that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a real job while I was in a ski town, but um, I got caught up in the recession like so many other people in my generation and um, decided to go to grad school. So once I was in grad school, I landed a fellowship, or excuse me, a, uh, an internship at a communications firm in Washington, DC. And one of the products projects that I did working there was for a big telecommunication company and did a lot of research on um, how communication technology could be used to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and other other forms of social good. Um, but the key part was the the greenhouse gas emissions. So after that internship ended, looking for my next position and came across an internship with the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy, which is a um, big think tank based in DC, which works on energy efficiency. And it just so happened that I had this writing sample from my previous internship that was perfect for this internship. And at the time, I didn't realize how, um, how important and influential AC trip the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy, which is also known as ACEEE, and didn't realize how important and influential they were. So um, I got really lucky, got that job. And then at the same time, I was thinking, I was wrapping up grad school. So I was thinking like, all right, what's next? And applied for um, this fellowship with the Environmental Defense Fund Climate Corps, uh, which is a program for grad students um, and they, they place grad students with a company, a university, um, a nonprofit. There's, there's a huge variety of organizations that they work with. There's something like 120-ish, give or take, wow. um, fellows each summer. And you, you spend um, eight to 12 weeks working with an organization uh, on a, a sustainability project. And at first, it was mostly energy efficiency. But now they do you know, renewable energy purchasing. Um, sustainability strategy, and so on. So my placement was with a municipal electric company in San Francisco. And so um, a, a municipal electric company is a city-owned electric company. So there's municipal utilities, there are investor-owned utilities, which are like the big um, power companies that are traded on the stock ex exchange. And then there are um, publicly owned utilities, which are 
you know, similar to, to municipally owned electric utilities, but a little bit different. Um, and so those are, you know, not to get too in depth, but basically a publicly owned or a, um, a consumer owned utility is typically serves and there are exceptions, um, more rural customers or, um, you know, smaller communities, but it, it really depends. Like Seattle has city, uh, city, what is it? Seattle city light. And that's yeah. municipal utility. So oh, I didn't know that that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, across the West, there are, are other, uh, consumer owned utilities that are different forms. So, um, anyway, working in San Francisco, I worked on developing a, energy efficiency program to help new construction um, commercial buildings. So like um, office buildings and that type of thing to improve their energy efficiency. Uh, and got very familiar with the uh, California Building Energy Code while I was there. And so I did that for about a year. And then um, after that, I uh, my family's on the East Coast and so I moved back to the East Coast uh, looking for a job. My position with um, San Francisco was only for about a year total. Um, and San Francisco is very expensive if you don't have income. So I, I had to leave uh, um, to go home and find a new job. And then um, I found my current role and my codes background was, my energy code background was very helpful. And then, um, I had a uh, colleague who who knew the hiring manager here, and that helped a lot. So, kind of highlights the importance of of building a network in um, in finding a job. So, yeah, I, I can I, I talk a lot. So, <laughs> if I tell long stories, you can let me know. Okay, no worries. That is great. Well, right. moving on to a little bit of a different topic, can you tell us a little bit about Ed's clean energy and sustainability jobs list and all that good stuff? Sure. So um, like I said, after um, San Francisco, I had to come home and move and look for a job. So I spent a couple of months trying to find a new position in that time. And while I was doing that, I built this really big um, database of um, companies that do the kind of work that I'm interested in and who work on sustainability topics, who work on energy efficiency, who work on renewable energy, and all these job sports. And it was so basically this group of, of resources that I could search for jobs. And I knew from experience, um, firsthand experience, that it's really hard to find any single source for this kind of job. So when I found my current job, I had couple of like a handful, I think maybe seven friends who were looking for a job themselves. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, I've created this resource. It would be a real shame to just let it go to waste. And I was like, hey, do you guys want help um, in your job search? I, I can start doing like a weekly thing. And so I did. And my thought was like, all right, well, if I get to like 100 people in six months, I'll keep going. And mm -hmm. um, 
sent out that first one and I think immediately had like another hundred people sign up <laughs> or wow. 50, people, 50 people sign up. And part of it was through the, the environmental defense fund climate core network too. So they pushed it out and a bunch of people were like, Oh, this is cool. I'll sign me up too. Um, and that, that was kind of the first burst of growth. And from there, it has just continued to grow to over 6,000 people today. Um, I haven't, yeah, yeah, it is. And I haven't really promoted it a whole lot. Um, I have done, you know, a handful of other interviews. Um, and, you know, this is my first podcast. So, uh, but it, it's really grown organically. People share it across their their school networks um, and they tell their friends about it and forward it along to people and it's just grown um, and it's really cool because you know just today I actually had somebody that I had a, a conference call with yesterday who was like hey I um, you know a year ago I was looking for a job and I was getting your emails and I saw this listing and then our career path our you know paths finally crossed and so it's, I don't actually hear from folks who say that all that often. I know that there's a, quite a few people out there that have, have found jobs, but not as many of them as I would like have said, hey, Ed, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so if people are listening and they've had that experience, you know, it's, it's nice to hear it. Yeah, um, well, I get those emails and they're really fun. Like, I don't have, I'm not ready for like a job yet. I'm 13, but like those internships that, that you post are, also like inter interested interesting for, for for me and like the, the like future so it's a really cool yeah. resource yeah and i try and use it to sort of illustrate the wide variety of jobs that are available in sustainability and, and climate change jobs um you know I, I think people often think that it's just about renewable energy or um something like that but there's there's really a, a wide variety of types of jobs and work that needs to be done to address climate change and it's everything from construction to um, public policy and politics um, to building solar installations and building wind turbines um, to making homes more energy efficient and buildings more energy efficient it it's really you know there's a circular economy there's there is a way for someone who is interested to get into this field. It's just, you need to think more broadly. Um, you know, if I have one tip for folks who are interested, it's like people come to me and they say, I want to work in sustainability. And my response is usually, well, what does sustainability mean to you? Because mm. it can mean a million different things. So you've got to, you've got to define it and sort of narrow it down. So if, if there are other kids out there that are listening and want to work in sustainability, you know, think about like, do I care about water? Do I care about um, air pollution? Do I care about trash? Um, and, and kind of narrow it down. You know, when you're 13, you can think pretty broadly but, <laughs> uh, and investigate broadly. But as you get further down the road, you, you kind of want to figure out like, oh, this is what I really think is interesting about sustainability or about the climate change um, cri climate crisis, like what problem do you want to solve and what talents do you have that you can apply? Because there's something for everyone. Yeah, that, that's really good advice. Yeah. What does climate justice or environmental justice mean to you and clean energy and sustainability and your work? 
This is, it's a really good question. And I, I've thought about this a lot since you sent it to me. It's like, how am I going to answer that? And, um, you know, the reality is that um, climate change is hitting the poor and the people who have done the least to cause it the most. So we have to work with those communities to find solutions that meet their needs and don't place unnecessary burdens on them. Um, and that means that, you know, people like me and the organizations that I work with need to learn to listen more. Um, and we need to earn their trust. And um, I, I'm still sort of Honestly, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to apply that better in my work, mm -hmm. but it is an important question and it's increasingly coming to the, the forefront. Um, but we have to be very deliberate to engage with environmental justice communities and climate justice communities to, to make sure that the solutions that get put in place don't exacerbate their their problems don't make their problems worse mm. yeah. so that's a tricky part and then you know like I said I want I, I'd like to have kids I have a nephew who's um a year and a half year and three quarters you know 18 months old I'd love to be able to take him skiing too <laughs> and like, so there's there's um the intergenerational issue too um of how do we make sure that um, we don't punish the younger generations, people your age and people who haven't been born yet, um, or, you know, the generations to come, how do we make sure that they're left with a, a livable climate system too, um, instead of just sort of selfishly pursuing, you know, instant gratification today? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ed, for coming on to How to Save the Planet. I really appreciate it. It was lovely talking with you. It's great talking with you too, Eliza. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us today for another episode of How to Save the Planet. See you next time.